Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical world view. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined as always by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And uh, we're very excited to have you joining us today. Check out our show website, trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We are looking forward to hearing from you. As always, please, please like this video, subscribe. Uh, we get a lot of views and not a lot of feedback in terms of button clicking. So if you wouldn't mind clicking some of them buttons, that would be awesome. Also, if you could leave a five-star review on our podcast platform, whatever platform you're on, preferably Apple Podcasts. I know it's weird to say that. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would really, really, really appreciate a five-star review or some variety of review. But, uh, you know, if you're going to give us one star, just, hey, forget I said anything. Um, thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> okay, so um, today is Literature Wednesday. So, of course, we are going to be talking about literature. And today we're talking about Garrett Amar's book this whole month, last month, so two months now we've been talking about uh restoring the foundation of civilization by gary demar we're on chapter eight and my goodness there is so much here to talk about it's pretty awesome all the stuff that he has packed into this book um today he is attacking two big lies from the left but also unfortunately and this blew my mind from fellow believers who just somehow completely and entirely misinterpreted scripture um those two lies are that uh, Christ was a socialist or condoned socialism and that uh, property is theft, which I didn't even think there were Christians who would believe that. That's just insanity. So anyways, we're going to be debunking those two ridiculously ideolic, ideat, I, idiotic ideas. I could see the word in my head <laughs> and... Sometimes it's like I see it in my head, but saying it is another thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, how more, typing how it. More chapters do we have to go through? I think we only have two left. So what we Ooh. might end up doing, and I'm glad you brought that up, what we might end up doing is putting a pause on this book and starting a new book next week. Yeah, well, <laughs> leaked a little bit there. Um, okay. We'll see what decision we come to, but a lot of times trying to schedule out books doesn't always work and sometimes we're so invested in a book that we're like oh hey we're just gonna keep on going um like we did with this book because we could have started a new book in january but we didn't want to because there was so much more to talk about in this one so we'll see oh great this is our one charismatic moment so you can quote us on this we'll see how we're feeling um so <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but please don't quote us on that too much because that would be bad um yeah. so this is going to be a fun episode we got a lot to talk about <laughs> Um, but before we get into all that stuff, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And of course it's Wednesday. So, you know, Jake, just, you know, take, take yeah. it. Okay. Do, do yeah. the verse. Thing. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got you. Um, <laughs> the, the verse this week uh, is Psalms 95, three through six. And it says, for the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods in his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. End quote. And so with this, I thought I would pull in a bunch of just different verses that came to mind and that I 
kind of looked up and that sort of fit with this first one being uh and this is tying and this is um connecting to the let us kneel um this is philippians 2 10 which some of you might know um but philippians 2 10 says so that at the name of jesus every knee should should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of God the Father. And, you know, it is it shows a picture of a very um, optimistic kingdom, I would say. And that every knee and every tongue, confess, every tongue and every knee shall bow before Jesus and confess that he is Lord. Huh, that's, it's very interesting. To think I'm just that. gonna say, wait, no way! You're saying the future is not rife with total destruction, a burning of this entire world, and ultimately God's gonna lose and then destroy everything. R- really? That's not gonna. Right, right. That's so weird. What? Yeah, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> and and keep in mind, in this verse at the very beginning, it says, um, "Every knee should bow in heaven." And on earth and under the earth. Mm. So in heaven, yeah. on earth, and in hell. All three, all knees, all tongues confess that Christ is Lord. Uh, see no, see, I think they I think they got that wrong. See what I think they meant right. to say was heaven. I think heaven. I think I think heaven. really just just heaven until uh, a designated point in the future when um everything's destroyed and then heaven is brought to earth. Uh, eventually i I think i I really think that they got the wording on that slightly wrong you know maybe they should oh yeah fix it always wrong with yeah fit with don't quote me on that either (laughs) 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 that would be a bad one it's yeah yeah see this is this is good that we had um an expert in the art of sarcasm on last Uh week and now hopefully our audience understands that this is sarcasm. This is sarcasm. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, don't quote me on that one. Don't clip it. Don't take it out of context. Yeah. Um, they will. They will. Oh, yeah, obviously. One day. Yeah. Five years but, in the future when, when yeah. we're actually famous. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When more than a um, hundred people have heard of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but moving on to another verse. Uh, and these next three all come from Psalms, and specifically one chapter in Psalms, and tying in with this kingdom orientation, and really, um, if you want to build a theology of the kingdom, you don't have to look further than Psalms. Psalms is very, very much built around the kingdom, and showing you what the kingdom looks like. Um, so Psalms 72 verse 8 says, May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And I'll keep going. Uh, Psalm 72, 11 says, May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. And isn't, isn't that one very uh, optimistic as well? Every king shall fall down before him and serve him. Yeah, uh, so Psalms, I guess it wasn't just Paul yeah. that uh, was a little confused. David apparently David was, was wrong too. Confused yeah. too. Yeah. 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 He meant to say heaven. I think mm-hmm. is what he meant to say there. Yeah. Yeah. All kings in heaven, which they're <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. 
Psalm 72, 19, I continue on. Uh, Blessed be his glory, glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Mm. Again, very optimistic. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. A mm. little too optimistic there, David. <laughs> nope, nope. Yep. yep. Doesn't, we really doesn't can't fit with our narrative. God's will to be done here on earth mm. as it's being done in heaven. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. too much to ask. Mm -mm. We can't, mm -mm. can't do that. Yeah. Clearly we're both a little um, <laughs> on edge today. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're sensing yeah. any uh, latent hostility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's the end of my sarcastic rant. Uh, I'll give it over to Bruce. To it was do brilliant. the rest of the show. That's not, so brilliantly done hopefully not that sarcastic <laughs> oh no 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 we're coming in oh, okay 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 it's gonna be <laughs> yeah no 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 Th this this is not the episode to hope for non-sarcasm what what karen amar <laughs> is addressing here is like this is the epitome of what you mock like christians stooping to the level of claiming that christ was a socialist and property ownership is theft. That's literally mockworthy right there. That is, you barely glanced at your Bible. Or you only glanced at sections of it. And you have no clue whatsoever what the heck you're talking about. Mockworthy. So, if you have finished reading The Serrated Edge by Doug Wilson and you're wondering where you need to target your your uh serrated edge towards here yes. here this is it this is it yes this is the spot you found it you found yeah. the spot so um let's get into this chapter eight of gary demar's book restoring the foundation of civilization um and this may or may not be the last week where we go through this book oh keeping you on your toes don't don't freak out um so again gary demar spent a massive chapter this is a huge chapter, so we're not covering maybe even half of what's in here. All the proofs, all the scripture. Uh, he brought in Rush Dooney quotes. He brought in so much stuff. So if you are talking to someone who has absolutely no idea what their Bible tells them in terms of socialism and property ownership, you should get this book and read this chapter to them because it's just wonderful for debunking those lies. So... Um, God's law and thievery is kind of what I've entitled this section. On page 101, Gary DeMar said, You shall not steal is a fundamental biblical commandment that's found in both Testaments. Ton of verses, Exodus 20.15, Exodus 21.16, Leviticus 19.11, um, also verse 13, Matthew 19.18, Romans 13.9, and so many others. If property theft, uh, I'm sorry, if property is theft as is often claimed, then every p person in the world is a thief because everyone owns something, end quote, which that's just, that's obvious, right? It's, again, how in the world could you, as a Christian, claim that property is theft? If you have even glanced at your Bible, if you even have a cursory understanding of the Ten Commandments, what, what do you think thou shall not steal means? It's, it's, it's laughable. Yeah. Yeah. Page 102. Sorry, go ahead. No, just agreeing. That's, that's a perfect point that like, yeah. if, if everybody, if, sorry, everyone's a thief, therefore 
thou shall not steal it yeah all of what right. you were saying hold on i'm not i'm not it's just like making a great comparison here but yeah keep going you had no. it you, yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we're, we're both a little tired today i don't know we're coming off of a long weekend and yeah it's still catching up with us so <laughs> Page 102, Gary DeMar said, in addition to a specific commandment not to steal, there is the commandment not to covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Exodus 20, 17. So obviously coveting is desiring something to the point at which you're almost ready to steal it. You're worshiping that thing so much belongs to someone else you want it so badly you're coveting that thing that possession but the problem is is it belongs to someone else so that's not the only problem the other problem is idolatry but also you're wanting something that belongs to someone else so that's just like even more there's two commandments now out of the 10 that are summaries of biblical law that pertain to property ownership so do you think property ownership means something to God? Yeah, it, it means a great deal. Page 104, Gary DeMar said, The commandments tell us when we are sinning. We have been freed from the curse of the law, but not from obeying the law, because, because the law is good. Romans 7, 12, 16, 1 Timothy 1, 8. Um, end quote. So, you know, what he was getting, he spent a lot of time talking about, so there's a lot of antinomians out there, right? Anti, um, which is against nomians, which is law. So they're against the law of God. Um, and they believe it doesn't apply to them today, which is just utter insanity. Also, if you've actually read your Bible, <laughs> um, but they'll completely misconstrue so many of Paul's writings and others that talk about, we're not, under, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And they take that to mean something completely antithetical to scripture. Um, so there's that heresy. But this here is Garrett Amar. He spends a lot more time resetting this, but I thought I'd include it because, hey, we just mentioned two laws um, out of the summary table of laws that summarize the rest of scripture. And um, it's like, well, okay, you've given me two laws, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, he goes into so much more detail talking about why the law still applies to us today. So check that out, page 104. <clears throat> um, all right, so moving right along here, we're going to talk about socialism now because that hopefully that's enough to debunk the utter insanity of the premise that somehow property ownership is sinful or not something that God condones. Hopefully any notion of that is just, has just been completely dispelled uh, in your minds or any crazy person you're talking to who has that belief. <laughs> we don't call people crazy often on this show just because, hey, you know, mocking people is not typically uh, very winsome. But then there's times when it's just like, you know what? No, that's just insane. We, I, no, there's no restraint here. We're not, <laughs> we're, we're not going to yeah, let that yeah. go. So anyways, um, all right, let's define socialism before we talk about why Christ was not a socialist. I still can't believe we're having this conversation. I'm sorry. I'm going to get well, over this I mean, eventually. You know, if we don't say that they're insane, they continue. <laughs> so saying yes, that they're insane right. makes them, them stop. Yeah. yeah. makes them stop yeah. and say, hey, wait a second. Okay. Hold on. People are calling me insane for what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. this is insane. Uh, but no, we've. We've let this insanity just like, well, 
fester also, and let it build and grow. So now it's so oh, it's sane. Yes, exactly. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I was I was gonna say too. Like, look at Psalm chapter two. What is like the heathens? They rage. They try to let us burst apart uh, apart the the bonds that hold us. Right. Let's let's throw off God's law so that we can do whatever the heck we want mm-hmm. and destroy our nation in the process. What does God say? He holds them in derision. God laughs from heaven. He laughs at their feeble attempts to go contrary to the nature that He created them with um and laughs at them because they think they can overthrow him they think they can throw off his restraining hand his guiding hand they think that they can just do that and not have consequences so god laughs too god mocks too yeah those that need to be mocked there was Um, there was a saying that someone said to me you say a lie long enough it starts to seem true yeah yeah um it, and it takes no, one it little boy to, in the right. crowd saying the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I just realized there might be some people, hopefully, I think everybody knows that story. If you don't, you might be very confused. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that would be funny if there was like, what do they mean? No clothes. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, That's yeah, true. We can, we can get into that story a little later. It's it's a good analogy for a lot of things. But let us know if um, you don't understand that analogy. Yeah, we'll, you'll uh, get that reference. We'll I think you. a lot of people will, but yeah. Um, so okay, defining socialism. Page 104, Gary DeMar said socialism is theft. It's the transfer of wealth from some people so it can be given to other people by force with the promise that wealth will be equalized. Socialism creates a ruling class that enriches itself in the name of the people and the promise of income equality, end quote. So it's theft, boils down to theft. It's the civil government stealing money from one group of people or person, giving it to another group of people or person without the authority to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all sitting here saying, yeah, down with taxation, down with any sort of civil government having money. No, no, God has ordained and set up civil government. We've talked about this. We've addressed this in the past. I don't know yeah. why I'm qualifying this now, but <laughs> I am. I've already started down this trail, so let me finish it. <laughs> um, but we know that taxation is good. Taxation over 10%, however, becomes, you guessed uh, it, slavery and oh, theft. Yeah. Exactly. Slavery and theft, yeah. Yeah, yes. So theft, slavery, yeah, they're stealing your life. They're stealing everything from you. Um, so, and then go a step further. They take over 10%. They take more than what God wants, which is 10% of our tithe. Uh, that's our tithe to God. They take more than that. And then what do they do with it? That's that's the, the core socialism part of it is they use it for helping people. So they build roads. They build uh, Medicare systems so that you can have free health care which is a complete lie and doesn't exist. You can get uh, uh, car insurance. You can get education. You can get welfare. You can get all of these garbage things that ultimately destroy a country because that's not their responsibility and they will inevitably fail in every way when they try to do that. School choice. That's a big thing right now. School choice is, is way up there. That is a horrible, horrible program. The idea that instead of stopping the civil government from taking the money in the first place, we're just like, all right, Forget that. We're not going to stop them stealing it. They're going to steal it anyway. So whatevs. I give up. Let's redirect it. Let's give it to the parents. 
and then use the excuse that, oh, they stole it in the first place, so why not give it back? Right. That, to me, is just like, hold on a minute. That's like, okay, I hire a dude to go next door, steal some money from my neighbor over there. I'm like, ooh, he's got some change. I want that stuff. I'm going to hire a professional thief to do it for me because I don't want to do it because that would be wrong. But I get another organization to do it for me. Who's to say? You know, whatevs. Rather than cutting it off and saying, no, we're not going to steal that money in the first place. Now, with school choice, we're saying, well, the money's going to get stolen. So let's steal it. But we're going to give it to people who want to homeschool their children. So at least now, they're not, their children aren't going to be indoctrinated yet. Where is the money coming from, people? coming from the civil government and you can say all day long there won't be strings attached there won't be strings attached where is it coming from we've seen this before every time i hear someone talking about school choice like it's a good thing i want to bang my head against a brick wall i'm just like how do you not see this we've been here before people it's just anyway sorry i could rant about that forever um one more thing on the school choice thing, though, because it's on the tip of my mind, and I did want to talk about it. It might be a step in the right direction, just like Roe v. Wade was a step in the right direction. It gave it back to the states, right? But I don't think yeah. it should end there. As with Roe v. Right. Wade, the civil government should say, no, it's murder. Murder is wrong. On a federal level, murder is wrong. So overturning Roe v. Wade was a step in the right direction. They need to go further. Same way with school choice, okay? School choice, fine. You want to implement it with the realization that this is not ideal. We cannot stop here. It's a small victory, if that. This is a short-term thing, five years, maybe. But the eventual goal is to get people off of the government system. Stop making people reliant on the civil government for everything, okay? This is insanity. That's socialism we're not ending it we're expanding it now to homeschooler yeah yay it's it's ridiculous anyways back on track page 105 gary demar said socialism is the same in the name of social justice by using civil government as a means to justice that ends up enriching those who wield power and gain power for themselves end quote so both cases social justice um and uh, civil governmental justice in all these different ways. They're all kind of linked together. Talks a lot more about that on page 105. Check it out. Okay, and so also, here we go. Like, adding to that, people say that, you know, socialism does not do what you think it does. It does not yep. take take money from the rich and give to the poor. Right. It's not a modern um, Robin Hood. Yeah. It, let me give an example of this, like a modern example of this. We have the United States giving money to Ukraine. Right. Ugh, yeah. Thinking that we're helping them fight this war, you know, we're, right. we're going to help them. And uh, so the government is taking more money from us, giving it to the poor. I'm, I'm using Ukraine as the poor in this sense. But what's happening over there? What is that money actually being used for? While we're giving money, we're giving billions of dollars. Huh. W would you look at that? The, the Ukrainian higher ups now have two million dollar houses. Mm-hmm. Weird. How did they get those? Yeah. They barely had enough to support themselves before, but now they have $2 million houses. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. that's, a, 
new change in events. How did that happen? <laughs> it's not it's not going to the poor. It's not helping them. Yeah. Socialism gives more power to the government for yeah. this whole system of taking money from the rich and giving to the poor. But that's not what happens. When you give all that power to the government to do that, they're like, nah, nah. Yeah. We have this power now. Why, why do we have to do that? Why do we got to listen yeah. to you anymore? Right. Right. That's not what exactly. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And if we understood human depravity and our human natures in total depravity, we would know that. But we don't. So we don't. <laughs> um, good point, though, Jake. Thanks for bringing that up. Good illustration. So finally, five minutes left, six minutes left. I'm going to push it to six. Here we go. <laughs> I want to talk about um, the obvious here, which is that the Bible and its author, which happens to be the creator of the known universe, uh, are against socialism. The Bible and its author are against socialism. Page 103. Gary DeMar said, one of the most bizarre arguments for Jesus was a socialist comes from people who say, Jesus healed and fed people for free. Therefore, he was a socialist. I love this next part so much. Gary DeMar went on and he says, when governments can feed people for free by multiplying loaves and fishes, heal people by touch or a word from a government agency, or raise people from the dead, then I'll become a socialist. <laughs> End quote. It's like, yeah, that's talk about serrated edge. I love it. Yeah. Sarcasm. <laughs> yep. Love it. Um, page 106, Gary DeMar said, it's true that Jesus said we should care for the least of these, Matthew 25, 40. Who are the these? The context makes it clear that Jesus limits the scope to these brothers of mine. This does not mean that we should uh, not help other people, but it does mean that clarity is best given to those we know, I'm sorry, charity, not clarity, charity is best given to those uh, we know with the goal to make them less dependent on charity, end quote. So again, um, you know what? I was going to give an example, but this next quote gives an example. So I'm just going to go right into the next quote because that'll actually make his, this previous one, give some context to that. Page 107, Gary DeMar said, the apostle Paul commanded that those who did not work should not eat. Second Thessalonians 3.10, also First Thessalonians 4.11. Gleaning in the Old Testament was a way to help the poor. Even the poorest members of society had to work. Leviticus 19, 9 through 10, 23, 22, Deuteronomy 24, 20 through 22. Gleaning was hard work, and it was not a government program. If people of means didn't have the fields that could be gleaned, there wouldn't be anything to glean, end quote. So, I won't go into too much more detail about the gleaning laws. There were, there's a lot there. We spent a couple other episodes talking about that um, and poverty and caring for the poor. Um, but the idea is basically that, you know, someone uh, has a field or a tree and there's fruit um, on the tree and it falls to the ground. There's, there's different cases and whatnot, but the poor should be allowed to glean that fruit or glean that food that the farmer, it's excess. The farmer doesn't need to have it. So the poor should be allowed to come onto the property, take some of the food, work for it, right? They have to collect it themselves and then leave. Not taking excess, but they're taking the farmer's excess. They're taking the extra that the farmer never would use anyways. Um, and it's very biblical. 
okay so finally um one objection people will make there's he lists a lot of these objections and their and responses we should make to them in uh, the book but this is one on page 107 appeal cannot legitimately be made to acts 2 44 through 45 and acts 4 32 through 37 these early christians voluntarily sold their property and used the proceeds to help those in need neither the empire nor the church mandated that the property owners sell their property end quote now why would they do all that there were a lot of reasons why they would right there's a lot of reasons why the church the early church would give up their earthly possessions move around take a more nomadic lifestyle and travel one that i think we often overlook that is a major contributor to this is what that people of the early church knew was coming very soon as christ said coming soon the early church acted in ways that we missed misinterpret as socialism partly because they believed jesus's teaching about the judgment coming upon jerusalem and as it turns out jesus was right i know it's crazy it's a crazy thought that the king of the universe would be right about something that came 40 years after him um but he was very much right and these people believed him what yeah they believed his teaching about the judgment to come on jerusalem and they took action accordingly very very physical action so um page 109 gary demar said the uh they meaning the christians in the early church had been warned by jesus that jerusalem would be destroyed before their generation passed away matthew 24 34. Christians still must have had houses in the lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem. Otherwise, why would Jesus have said, whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things out that are in his house? Matthew 24, 17, end quote. And he goes into so, so much de so much more detail there. We're at time, unfortunately. Um, but check this out. Go to page 109 and a little after. Talking about the destruction of Jerusalem played a big role in the early church because they were preparing for this. They were preparing to move. They were liquidating their assets, if you will. Not fully, but because as he's saying here, they did have houses that they would have to vac vacate during the, the judgment of Jerusalem in 70 AD. But still, they were liquidating many of their assets to be able to move because they knew judgment was coming. Anyways, a lot more. Check out the book. Um, Jake, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, something... Another thing that I want to add is that mm -hmm. to this, why why might they be doing this? I th think that's a perfect point as to why they might be doing this. Something that I had thought as to why is because there are verses, especially in Proverbs, that say for Christians to give, to mm -hmm. give to the less fortunate, give to people yep. um, as a, just being nice to people and trying to help them, help yep. other brothers in, in, in the church. And so, really, this is this is not a commandment that you shall be punished if you don't, or it's not a force yeah. by the government or the empire. Mm -hmm. It is something that you do as a nice thing to do. It's not commanded. You're not made to do it. God does not say, if you do not do it, you are not a Christian. However, it is something that it's a fruit is good of the spirit. to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Good point. 
Thanks. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening or watching today. Don't forget, like, subscribe, five-star review, all the things I talked about at the beginning of the episode. Thanks for doing that. TRDshow.net is our show website. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on what we just discussed today. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on Friday. we got a big discussion topic coming up, and I mean big topic coming up. What does the Bible say about technology, and how does technology relate to the Dominion Mandate? So coming at you on Friday. Alrighty, and remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.